Welcome to the WinDailySports.com live pregame show. We're doing this on a Thursday night. We're looking forward to Friday. We got some games early. We got some games late. We're going to focus our DFS on the late slate. But Adam, I got something to warm me up during the day to get me through my early part of my afternoon. The Mets are playing at home. Actually, no, they're playing on the road. No, they're playing at home. What am I saying now? They're playing at home. Early start against Arizona. Chris Bassett, big favorite. Mets, the big favorite. And Bassett has an overprop of five and a half Ks. Came out guns blazing, you know, first game against the Nats. Crushes prop, but it wasn't five and a half. What's your thoughts here going against Arizona? Well, considering this is now the third time that I've answered this, I can be pretty firm <laughs> in my answer of I do think he's going over. Uh, I don't okay, know if anybody's okay. managed to catch it. We, we've had some technical difficulties getting the stream off the ground tonight. But, yeah, I mean, you look and, and Bassett's K-rate to lefties was 25.8% last year, a little bit higher than he was to the right side of the plate. That's a good thing against the Diamondbacks because they're going to be a mostly lefty lineup. And then, you know, early on, not that we really expected the D-backs lineup to be any good, but they're striking out at a 26% rate. So it, it's a really good mix for Bassett to hit the over on that 5.5. Yeah, big favorite. I think if you're playing on FanDuel early, you play Bassett, you try to get different elsewhere. I guess you can take a shot on Joe Ryan or, or Nick Pavetta there. But for me, it's Bassett. But let's go ahead and let's lock into this late slate. Look, we got a big slate. Luckily, they're not including these 635 games. I, I don't know what they're thinking about with these 635 games just to annoy us DFS players. But we're going to lock into the 705 DK slate. Pitching is kind of funny to look at. Like, we're, we've been talking, Adam, about this DK pricing. And it's just hysterical to me that Marco Gonzalez. is the first one that four, I jumped on. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Like, fourth most expensive pitcher. All right, maybe he's got an easy matchup. Maybe he had a good first start. No. He's facing Houston. In his first game, he got blown up. Negative 2.3. And now he's the fourth most expensive pitcher. Like, what? What algorithm kicked out Gonzalez as the fourth? Like, come on now. Like, I, I got to know, man. I, DraftKings, if you're out there, who is doing this? Is this a joke at this point? But, like, obviously we're not playing Marco Gonzalez. So where are you at, man, with pitching? Because there's a couple different ways I can see this coming down. No, I'm, I'm definitely not playing Marco Gonzalez after a $1,400 <laughs> price increase for negative fantasy points. Um, <laughs> to me – this really looks like it's kind of a three-headed monster up top. You have Cease versus Tampa Bay, Freddie Peralta uh, against St. Louis, and then Rodon uh, really shutting down a lot of any – really any concerns about his shoulder, at least in the early going, coming out just guns blazing against the against the Marlins and whiffing 12 hitters. Um, to me, Peralta's kind of that guy that, that's going to get the attention. At least the start is probably going to wind up my favorite just because he's going to get a righty-heavy lineup that was key to that strikeout upside last year. He approached almost 40% for the K rate against righties. And the Cardinals are going to throw out, um, it should be at least six, you know, tomorrow. And anytime that can happen, man, like I'm really interested. And even though like, okay, he struggled in the first start, just like the other Brewers pitchers did. But like looking at his swing strike rate, like it was still, um, it was still decent. Like everything was kind of in line. He had a 409 XFIP compared to the 675 ERA. There wasn't necessarily a lot that really gave me like 
major concern here with Peralta other than, you know, just kind of a bad start. So what's your thoughts here? I, to me, Milwaukee is more of a hitter's park than a pitcher's park. I know Peralta pitched well, you know, all of last year. But this Cardinals lineup is a little scary. Are you worried at all here? Hitter's park combined with how hot the top six, top seven of this lineup in St. Louis really is? I mean, realistically, there's concern with every – of all three top-end pitchers. Yep. You know, Dylan Cease, okay, you know, you know, Tampa strikes out a decent amount. They're also top six in most of the offensive categories we value early on, and they were top 12 last year. So this is kind of like a continuation of what they've done. Um, with Rodon, like the Guardians have started out incredibly hot. They're crushing lefties. You know, limit, limited sample size, obviously, this year, especially just versus lefty pitching. But they've just been destroying it so far. So I, I think every guy up top is going to have a path to failure for sure. But Brandon Woodruff, he didn't strike out a lot of hitters today, but he did kind of quiet down those bats a little bit. He went five strong innings, only two Ks, but like Peralta stuff, man, and it can overpower any given lineup on any given day. Yeah, I hear that. Vegas is, you know, pretty much in line with what you're saying. Peralta minus 150, eight and a half over under. You got Cease minus 145, eight and a half over under. The one guy who's slightly ahead of the pack here is Rondon. You know, he's minus 150 to win over under of eight. So it's a half a run, which really comes down to, you know, potentially a very, very close pairing here. So, look, you're right. The Cardinals are going to at least, you know, they're going to throw out Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado, DeJong, and probably Bader and Molina. So it's a lot of righties there. So that's a good look as far as that goes. Now, when you start climbing down the list, and this is where we found a lot of value in this early, you know, first week of MLB DFS. These like 7,700 to 85, even 6,000 price pitchers, they've been hitting more than the high range guys. It's pretty ridiculous how it keeps on happening. Yes, you got Kershaw going out there pitching a gem, Rodon, a couple other guys. Scherzer's been good enough through his, you know, first start and stuff. So, but. 6K, 7K, 8K, Montgomery, Stroman, Marquez. You know, who is the guy that you like in this mid-range that can go out there and possibly pair with one of these high-priced guys that can get us to 10, 15, 20 points? That's a really good question right now because I I don't really like a ton in this mid-range. It's going to be tough sledding. It, it definitely needs a deeper look. Um, you know, Marcus Stroman – Ground baller in Colorado at least kind of has a path to success. Do I want to pay 9K for a guy that just historically has not struck out enough guys to pay off that price tag? That's probably going to be no-fly zone. Montgomery, maybe. Uh, you know, his start was kind of hard to gauge because he, he took a ball off the leg early against the Red Sox. You know, maybe uh, something there that I, I could like. Scooble's still kind of interesting to me. You know, it wasn't a good first start for him, but he pitched against the, the White Sox, and we talked the other day, like, we just don't pitch lefties against the White Sox, man. It's just, it's one of the worst matchups in baseball. Marquez might interest me a little bit, depending on the construction of the Cubs lineup. If it's more righty-heavy, I'll probably be taking shots. I mean, he just pitched well in cores against the Dodgers of all teams. I mean, when he, he went seven strong, only three hits, only one run. Five strikeouts, 11 ground balls. That'll get you home at that kind of a price tag. 
there's really not a lot to love above 7K between that like 9 to 7K range tonight. It, it's going to be tough. Yeah, look, Marquez is a professional pitcher. He can take some shots. But I want to ask you about a guy who's got you – that's know, pretty much minus 105. He's not a favorite going into this game. But the over-under is only eight. It's one of the lowest-scoring games on the board. Playing in San Diego, Kyle Wright came out in his first start. Dropped a 27.7. I, I get it. It was at home against Cincinnati, but 6Ks, only two hits allowed. This guy was a top prospect, just been battling injuries every year for the most part. What's your thoughts? 6,700. You don't need a bunch. You don't need him to go out there and get you 27 points again. 15 to 20 in that range at 6,700. Look, San Diego doesn't put much fear in me. You know, it's not the same team without Tatis. They're a little bit banged up. What's your thoughts here going Kyle Wright? Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. He was definitely on my short list of guys that I need to see, you know, exactly what he looked like. And, you know, it's funny because we say, like, San Diego doesn't necessarily worry me, and then they beat the tar out of Charlie Morton tonight. So, <laughs> but, you know, like, when just just on the cursory glance, I mean, he was, he was almost a 16% swinging strike rate, 35.5% uh, called plus swinging strikes. Like, the guy was getting swings and misses. He was pounding the strike zone. And like you said, you know, I'm I'm usually kind of a sucker for guys with pedigree that are still just 26. You know, his major league career has not been a success so far. But at the same time, you're talking 76 innings. You, 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 can't, you can't just cast a guy aside after 76 innings as, as a pitcher. Like, that's just not how things work. Yeah, I think he's definitely on my radar, man. You know, looking at the peripherals here, you mentioned it. And that price tag, 6700 baseball has a lot of variance, like you just said. They they knocked around Morton, but they've been kind of quiet in and out of games as well. So I think Kyle Wright is a guy you can go to. One last guy I'll mention, not the biggest of fans, but he's got me there before. You know, it's not like he's, you know, always struggling. It's Brad Keller. Again, minus 130 favorite, pitching at home, eight and a half under, going against Detroit. There's some light here where Kella can, you know, pitch the contact. Not gonna go out there and strike out a bunch of players, but he was he was good enough last year for me to roster him a couple times, get me 15 points, 20 points. He came out, you know, first start of the year at home against Cleveland. Look, he got you five Ks, only two hits allowed. We're not you know, box score watching, but Vegas kind of agrees, man. There's not too many games with low over-unders. Kyle Wright's got one at eight, and then Keller versus, you know, Scooble at eight, eight and a half. It's another spot here, and they're the same price tag. So what do you think people go to here? Do they go to Kyle Wright or Keller in the same price range? I probably lean Keller just because of the Detroit matchup. Um, he was another guy kind of, you know, I had tabs on, okay, like I got to take a look at him and see, I'm pretty sure he either tweaked his pitch mix, added a pitch, something like that, that, you know, his first start, he wasn't on a main slate. Um, so I, I didn't really get to dive deep into him, but, you know, seeing some good results right out of the gate is always a positive for a guy like that. Um, and then the last guy coming on my list that I, I'll probably wind up having a decent amount. He's only available on DK, at least at the stands, unless FanDuel adds him overnight. But it's Mackenzie Gore. Uh, this is really, this really. Is, this is a guy that's been a prospect for a while. He's battled injuries. 
It's a lefty versus the Braves. It's not the easiest spot, but like his stuff is absolutely electric when it's on. And we you know we've seen these young pitchers come up, even Hunter Green. Like, okay, it's not you know it's a lefty versus a righty, but he he did really well against the Braves. You know, he he got the strikeout you needed. Gore's only five K. Like, if you get you twelve thirteen, that's not killing you at that price tag. He's technically the favorite too. You know, he, he's minus one fifteen going against Kyle Wright. You know, over you know the over under is eight in his game as well. So these are guys that if you want to pay up for bats, you can even mix and match two of these guys in this range. I'm not totally against it. You know, at five k, you don't need much, um, and it's a situation that. He can go out there and do his thing and get you 12 to 15, and you're in a good spot if your bats hit, if your stacks hit. So there's guys we got to, you know, dive deeper on this, and I'm sure you'll have an article out in a couple hours going through all these pitchers, but I think Gore's in play. Take a couple shots there. Kyle Wright, Brad Keller, both those guys in play as well. If you want to take a shot on Montgomery, take a shot. Take a shot on Marquez, and then it's up top for me. I'm not playing this, you know, this 8K to 9,300 range, not playing. So it's going to be the three guys up top, Cease, Peralta, Rondon, and the guys down low that we mentioned, Keller, Wright. And I'll probably be sold on some Mackenzie Gore by around lock because you'll get in my ear. I'll read your article. you get me some nice stats. Probably one of those uh, Twitter memes of, of this wicked slider that he has or something like that will get me hook, line, and sinker. Looking at the other side, though, the stacks that we want, I'll, I'll ring off a couple games that got high over-unders. Obviously, the Blue Jays, you know, they're minus 200 at home. Over-under is 10 in that game. The Yankees going against Jordan Lyles, minus 195 favorites there as well. So those two, those two teams will stick out early. A lot of people will be stacking them. The Angels and Mike Trout are heating up. Adam, I don't know if you saw the home run that Trout hit, dead center, 475. But the dude is heating up, man. It looked it looked effortless too, man. So like a lot of people, me included at times, say, you know, Trout's a little bit falling off, and then he does that. And it's like, nah, this guy's really good at baseball. So the Angels as well are playing in a game with an over-under of 10 and you know, juice towards the Angels. So the Angels are another spot that you gotta take a look at. And then we got Coors Field, but Coors Field with Strowman versus Marquez. I don't want to bet it as of yet. But if I had to bet the over-under in that game, I would bet the under here. Two good pitchers, two ground ball pitchers, two guys that are probably battle here, unless the bullpens blow it. I'm not really, you know, really looking to stack that game. And then you got the Astros, which I kind of find surprising that this game only has an over-under of eight and a half, because obviously Marco Gonzalez is so good at baseball that he should be priced up, and the Astros definitely won't hit him. But I kind of like the over there. I think that game, the Astros side can be kind of sneaky. And then you got the Dodgers and Reds. Obviously, the Dodgers will be in play on every slate. But do you have a favorite at this point that you like? If I had to make a lineup right now, I'm stacking this team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the Yankees was my first lean. Um, Jordan Lyles was basically just a punching bag last year. It uh, doesn't look like much has changed. He was already in the negatives in the one game that – he appeared in, um, you know, seven hits, five earned. You know, he's just not a he's not a major league pitcher, and we're going to be picking on Baltimore pitchers a lot. Um, this is probably the first time that I've just been like full guns blazing. 
all Yankees, whatever I can get in is probably going to wind up there. It's just, it's hard to not want to get after that team. And, you know, the Yankees are always going to be relatively like sort of expensive. They're not like prohibitive here. Judge is the most expensive at 54, especially without, you know, having to fit a ton of like ace pitching. Cause you're probably just going to pick one and then pick one low range. Like we talked about. This is pretty easy to build around, too, and get a nice chunk of that that Yankee lineup. Talk to me about this dude, Dalton Jeffries. I didn't see his first game. He went out, had a big game, you know, against Philadelphia on the road. Philly's swinging a hot bat. This is a different lineup. This is the Toronto Blue Jays. Vlad, you know, went out there yesterday, hit three home runs. Where are you at with Jeffries, and where are you at with a, a Blue Jays stack? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not really buying into Jeffries. Um, again, very short stint in the majors so far, 23 innings, 5.31 XFIP. Doesn't look like he's going to be anything special. And realistically, the, the K rate of 12.4% should really scare everybody because, like, if you can't get swings and misses with the Jays' bats and they're able to make contact, they tend to go pretty far. So, I, you know, cool for him. You know, I'm not – like that's great. He had a he had a good start. He has been better against righties in his short career. I I kind of don't care. It, it's still the Blue Jays, and this is a pitcher that just has no swing and miss stuff. It appears. The only thing I'll point out: Tiasca Hernandez went on a DL today, and then Guriel took a fastball or maybe a slider from from Severino, like right off the hand. So yeah. Guriel might be banged up, and Tiasca is out. Not to say that you can't get a mini stack of Springer, who's been hot. Vlad's been like nuclear and Boba Shed, or maybe side in a Tapia or one of the value guys here. But that does prevent potentially like a full on Toronto stack. And that might lead you to go. I'm not a big Angel stack guy. Like, I just don't see that team producing too often in, in the double digits. You know, Trout can carry him, Otani can, can carry him. But I like the Angels more for kind of like a mini stack, you know, two to four. But the Angels definitely would be in play. Where do you have them pegged right now? Are they at the top or near the top? Uh, they're probably like maybe third or fourth right now, um, you know, based on what we got. I think right now it's it's Yankees. Ast- maybe the Jays are kind of mixed in there. And then – it's probably going to be the Dodgers after that against Gutierrez. Yeah, Dodgers definitely in play. Looking at these Astros, I think they're in play as well. You have these two late games. If you can survive the early slate with a mini stack, I'm I'm looking at fading Coors Field. I just don't <clears throat> think it's it's a great spot. Um, you got two decent pitchers with Atlanta and San Diego. I'm not touching the the Royals Tigers game. Brewers, I'm not a fan of that. You know, they're not really hitting yet. Cardinals got a tough matchup. So for me, it's going to be the late slate that will hopefully bring down the late night hammer. Astros, Dodgers, I think you lean Dodgers. I get it. What's your thoughts on the on the Astros going against Marco Gonzalez here? Yeah, they're they're mostly still underpriced. Um, you know, Bregman's starting off really well. He's still under 5K. He's hitting 333 with an OPS approaching 1,000. Um, Yuli Gurriel is kind of like one of those guys I always look at against the lefty. Then you got you got some value guys. Jose Siri. Um, Pena, he, he, McCormick. He, yeah. I mean, Pena's hitting 292. Like, you have 
you have guys up and down this lineup at differing price points that, you know, once you kind of figure out what who your favorite is with the pitch mix and everything else, they're going to be a pretty easy team to stack up as well, especially if you're willing to go towards like the Bregman, uh, Aledmiz Diaz, Gurriel route, where it's kind of more the middle of the lineup as opposed to that top and maybe do like one wraparound value piece. Yeah, the thing with, with the Astros, too, they face Gonzalez a bunch of times, so they know this guy. He's not recreating himself. So Altuve, Bregman, Guriel, you know, those righties that are going to face Gonzalez are in a good spot here. Kind of like the over in this game. You know, the over is only eight and a half, and it's Odorizzi versus Gonzalez. Something doesn't make sense here to me. I think this game shoots over. Probably my favorite bet of the entire slate right now. I'm definitely going to toss a couple of dollars in there before – I go to six. I think that thing pushes up over nine and maybe even ends at nine and a half here. Just two mediocre pitchers against one really good offense, another offense that, you know, can potentially wake up when Jake Odorizzi is on the other side. Let's call some home runs. We haven't been so lucky with our home run calls as of yet. I've been off. I've been like leaning on a couple of guys and I picked the wrong guy. And then the other guy I want to mention goes out and hits home run. So it's tough picking one, but Adam, you know what? Let's go. Let's go and pick two today, man. Let's give ourselves an easier shot to pick a home run call. You take one, I'll take one, and then you take another one, and we'll finish off the show, you know, with our favorite pitchers and our favorite stacks. So my first one, I will take – you know what? I'll take Bregman. You go Bregman. I like that call. I do like the Astros. Let me think, putting myself on the spot right now. Be too easy to say Trout. But I'll take the chalk here, man. This dude just mashes in Texas. For whatever reason, he mashes in Texas. He hit a ball 475 feet. So I'll take the easy one. I'll go Trout. Stays hot. He's been hitting the ball real well after the first couple games. Flip it back to you. Let's get one more pick in each, and then we'll move on to our favorite pitching and stacks of the slate. I'm actually going to stay in the same game as you are, and I'm going to say Max Dassey against the lefty. That's a bolder call, and since you did that, I'll I'll pick someone a little bit deeper down the line here. Let's see what game I want to go to. I'll go back to your game. I'll flip it on you, and I'll go Guriel. Gets a home run out. More of a doubles hitter, but he's got pop. He'll pull one down the line, put one deep there. Adam, before you give me your favorite pitcher on the slate, give us the gas can, a guy that's going to get blown up, a guy that we're most likely stacking against. Who is that guy for you tonight? It's Lyles for me against the the Yankees and and Camden. Jordan Lyles for you. I will go ahead and say, hmm. This is tougher than – you got the good one, man. I'll, I'll go with Marco <laughs> Gonzalez, man. I've been calling this dude out the entire slate. I'm betting the over, probably Astros team total and the game total here. So I think the Astros get to Gonzalez, get into that bullpen early. He struggles. He's too old. He shouldn't be in the league anymore. Or, or he's still crafty, I guess. What's your favorite stack of the slate? Uh, it's probably the Yankees. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with that, that whole theme. The Yankees are going in my article for sure for a stack. All right, I'll go Astros. You go Yankees. I might pair them together. We do like the Dodgers. <laughs> Make sure you check us out at WinDailySports.com and hop in our expert chat, man. We're in Discord. Just search WinDaily. Go to WinDailySports.com. Hop in our Discord. Make sure you like and subscribe. Ton of great content. NBA playoffs right around the corner. Any predictions for Saturday, man? It's a big 
it's do or die for these teams, man. I want to get your call before we get out of here. Two games left before the official playoff start. You got the Hawks and the Cavs. Hawks are favored by one over under 223. And then you got the Pelicans and the Clippers, and the Clippers are favored by four. Do the favorites win here, or do we see some upsets, Adam? Uh, I think <clears throat> I think the favorites win. I know Jared Allen's probably going to play for Cleveland. That does help them a lot, but it's not enough to stop Trey Young and, and the group they got going. And then, you know, I, I think the Clippers kind of remember that Paul George is back and it's not Reggie Jackson hero ball at the end of this game because, mm-hmm. holy crap, he, he really he, uh, really works to hand the Timberwolves that game late. I think they correct a lot of those mistakes and, and get over the hump against the Pelicans. You know what's worse than seeing Reggie Jackson? Seeing Pat Bev rip his shirt off on the scorer's table? Worse than that. You want, you want to hear worse than that? Seeing Zion do 360 dunks before the game and not play. What What is going on with this dude? Like, how can you be doing a 360 dunk? I've been seeing this for weeks now. He pulls out a 360 dunk, but he can't play. Is he not? whole thing's weird, man. whole thing is kind of weird. And then, like, if he comes back next year, like, they should be fun. Like they they really gelled when they got McCollum. They they've been playing better defense. Herbert Jones at least looks like you know somebody viable you can leave on the floor. Like their starting unit should be, you know, halfway decent. Like they shouldn't be in the play in next year if, if Zion's back and healthy. But I don't know. The whole situation is kind of an oddball one. Yeah, pretty crazy to me, man. I don't know what's up with this dude. I don't know why he's not playing. I don't know what they're saving them for. I don't know what is going on, but make sure you check us out at windailysports.com. Hop in our expert chat. Enjoy the games on Friday. The Mets will win. The Mets will still be in first place. Bassett will hopefully go out there, hit his cape prop. We like the games that we mentioned. We'll be in Discord all day. Adam will have an article up in no time. You can lock in with us. Check out our optimizer projection models. Get ready for the NBA playoffs. It's going to be a good summer and we finally broke like 70 degrees on the east coast so i'm feeling happy getting outside getting some exercise and winning some money so stay tuned for more we got a lot more coming and we are out of here You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.